politics. This podcast focuses on political topics that you accidentally end up discussing with someone way more knowledgeable than you. Sit here and save you the trouble by discussing politics accidentally on purpose. I'm Sarah Goggins, here with my husband, Derek Santola, who is the true political expert. Not unlike most mornings in our house, each episode, Derek surprises me with a key political issue that he is overprepared to discuss, while I ask the hard-hitting and often awkward questions until I either understand or tire him out on the topic. So Derek, what are we talking about today? Well, today I want to do a number of things. The first thing I want to do is announce the winner of our fantasy presidential cabinet game from last year. Oh, good. I think we were all waiting waiting with bated breath here. Yeah, I mean, first of all, happy 2021. I think we can all start off with some pretty good news, like announcing a winner. Woo! So, first and foremost, the winner was friend of the podcast, one Austin Hood, mm. resident of Dallas, Texas, and longtime friend of both you and I. Yay, Austin. Austin guessed six cabinet members, correct? Uh, and then the runner-up for the competition was Garrett Schwartz, who guessed four, correct? Way to go, Garrett. So, congratulations to Austin and Garrett for making those correct picks. The next thing I want to do is do a quick recap about the two Georgia Senate runoffs that we had. Uh, if you can believe it or not, the announcement of those picks were just two, well, just was just last week, last Wednesday. Yep, uh, January 6th. There's January no other 6th. reason that day stands out in my mind that I can think of for, oh, wait, yes, there is. It was not a quiet news cycle at all. But I want to focus not on what was happening here in the nation's capital, but rather what was happening across the now blue state of Georgia. Okay, well, let's hop into it because we've been a few weeks now with all the holidays. That's right. That's right. So we'll go ahead and get started. Again, the two Georgia Senate runoffs. The Democrats out-hustled, out-maneuvered, and frankly, outvoted the Republicans in this runoff. Sounds peachy. So John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock defeated their opponents, former Senators David Perdue and, and Kelly Loeffler. And Kelly Loeffler, that's right. Um, it was a narrow win, though. Uh, Ossoff just survived the uh, Georgia statute automatic recount of 0.5%. Uh, he overcame Purdue by a margin of 50.6 to 49.4, which makes him, at age 33, the youngest member of the Senate by almost a decade. The next youngest member of the Senate is Josh Hawley from Missouri. Um, a historical footnote. We'll see how much longer he's in the Senate. Sure. The, the last time we had somebody in uh, at a younger age join the Senate was then-Senator Don Nichols of Oklahoma, in 1981, and before that, it was Senator Joe Biden who joined the Senate at the age of 29 in 1973. So, Mr. Ossoff, you've got uh, big shoes to fill being the youngest member of the senior chamber. Reverend Warnock um, was also successful over Senator Leffler. He won uh, by a larger margin, 51 to 49. Um, what's important about both of these races are the historic uh Standing, uh, John Ossoff is the first millennial candidate, the first person born in the 1980s to ever win a Senate seat. 
He's the first Jewish candidate from the state of Georgia to um, be successful, and the first Jewish candidate uh, in the Deep South, um, with the exception of um, another senator who served from Louisiana in um, the earlier part of the 20th century. So big moves for John Ossoff. Uh, Reverend Warnock, also historically the first African-American senator from the state of Georgia, um, and now along with Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, the first African-American senator in the Deep South. So huge transformational move, I think. Um, you know, having been on the ground myself and getting to work in Clayton County, just south of Atlanta proper, um, I think both candidates uh, can thank Stacey Abrams, uh, former gubernatorial candidate in the state of Georgia, um, and now um, she's been victorious twice. She was able to flip Georgia Blue for Joe Biden in November, and now for both of these candidates. She's a force to be reckoned with within the Democratic Party, and I think she's got a very bright future within that state. Oh, absolutely. I'm so proud of Georgia. I must admit, I never saw this coming, really, for the presidential election or for the Senate runoffs, and I'm so thrilled to have been wrong. You will rarely hear me say that, but it's... it. It's such an exciting time. Has there ever been a Democrat senator from Georgia? Yeah. The last time we had a Democratic senator from Georgia was Max Cleland, who was elected in 1996. Oh, interesting. Oh, when did Georgia vote for Clinton? Was it a, a Senate and a, and, a, and a White House Blue vote then as well? So that's right. The last time that Georgia voted for a Democrat for president was Bill Clinton. And they also voted for a voted a blue senator. That's right. Interesting connection there. Well, I know the model of this podcast is really you just kind of schooling me on all things that I don't know about. But since you were a soldier down in Atlanta, I thought I might ask you a few questions so you can tell us a bit more about the process. Do you want to tell us what it was like day in, day out on the ground? Absolutely. So I was fortunate enough to work with a number of organizations. The first one that I partnered with was the Yang Gang chapter of Atlanta. Um, they're now known as Humanity Forward. Georgia. They uh, exposed all, all plat- aspects of the platform for Andrew Yang, and as those who were following the Georgia runoffs closely may have noticed that Mr. Yang was on the ground himself. I had the opportunity to meet him. He went out and, as we said colloquially within the organizing world, knocked a block. He went, he had flyers, he knocked on doors, he got people in Atlanta out to get ready for voting. Georgia had two, sorry, three weeks of solid early voting from December 14th through December 31st, where people were out early voting. They also had absentee opportunities as well. So our big efforts were really waking up early in the morning, getting to our, our precinct locations. I worked Um, in Atlanta, Fulton County to start off, but then I moved down to Clayton County where there was more of a need. I was in Ellenwood as well as Riverdale, Georgia, going out, engaging with voters, making sure that they knew how important this election was. And the last time I checked, Clayton County was one of the highest turnout counties within the entire state. So thank you, Clayton County. You're part of former Congressman John Lewis's district. I think Congressman Lewis was uh, looking down on you favorably. So again, thank you for everyone in Clayton County that got out and voted and made this happen. 
this election didn't happen in a vacuum. A worldwide pandemic was going on. How did you and the rest of the campaign and those on the ground take measures to protect themselves, but still manage to get out the vote and connect with voters? So it was a very rigorous process as far as social distancing and taking the appropriate steps. Interestingly, during the general election, there was no ground game uh, for either campaign. You see, there's the campaigns themselves, and then there's also PACs, political action committees, who pay canvassers to go out, knock on doors, and spread the word. There was so much attention on Georgia, so much oversaturation, that what ended up happening is there was the campaign's efforts and then PACs, so that you would hit a house to go talk to them and make sure they went out to vote, and they would say, oh, you're the fourth person that's come by today talk to me because there were just so many passes um, at the door but that was a complete 180 then from what was going on during the general election and because of that the campaigns had to ramp up from doing everything virtually where it was virtual phone banking texting to having people on the ground where they were knocking on doors uh, and engaging in, with voters so as far as ensuring that we were socially distanced and and remained safe Everybody was wearing masks. You know, I, I had I was rocking my my Biden Harris gear when I first got there, and then by the time I left, I was rocking my Warnock Ossoff gear with our masks that I still wear here in D.C. We were taking everyone's temperatures. We were having them fill out waivers. We were doing everything that we could. You know, having them stand six feet away from the doorway. We were doing everything that we could to make sure voters didn't feel like we were bringing something upon them except for information so that they knew how to exercise their vote. Okay, interesting. Tell me, can you give me three interesting facts about Warnock and Ossoff as far as what their platforms are? What were people asking about the candidates that they were excited about or concerned about that you were kind of able to assuage those fears? So there's one conversation that I have kind of burned into my mind as well. One particular voter who has been voting for Democrats his entire life, but he was over it, frankly. He said, either neither of these guys are going to win, or if they do win, they're going to get to Washington, D.C. and completely forget about us. I mean, it's hard to blame them. That's, that's a growing sentiment. And it was difficult for me in trying to connect why it was so important for him to continue to vote for these two men versus they weren't going to be doing any help for him anyways. So what I was trying to explain to him was that both these men are, are, are working to cut through the nonsense of Washington. I mean, what was interesting was that um, John Ossoff, when there was the big uh, fight over stimulus relief, and we had on Capitol Hill this coalition that agreed that $600 checks was going to be sufficient, John Ossoff was the first person that came out and said, it should be $2,000. And then interestingly, Donald Trump then agreed with him, and then David Perdue eventually agreed with John Ossoff. So they were leading the charge from the outside to say things need to be better, and we can do better. What was interesting to me was people were more familiar with John Ossoff than they were with Reverend Warnock. Well, Reverend, he had run before. That's true, but Reverend Warnock is the senior pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church at the same pulpit that Martin Luther King was a, a pastor at. So it would have been my understanding that Reverend Warnock would have also had more of a local connection to the state. But people were more concerned that they didn't know him 
And also, as you probably heard, if you were following the campaign, he was painted as they were both painted as uh, radical socialists, radical liberal, and that they were going to be defunding the police. Mm. And truly, that's not true. A lot of uh, the local Georgia police chiefs came out in support of both candidates because they they felt like a change was necessary. So I guess I would say that um, the the three things that people were most surprised to learn about either candidate was that they're really from Georgia and they weren't from New York or California. They both have uh, working class backgrounds and and expertise. And thirdly, their values really did align with what people in Georgia want to see in their government. So all in all, it was a fantastic experience. I'm I'm glad that we had that. Uh, We were able to do that. And it has implications, right? So now we have 50 Democratic senators in the Senate. Once uh, Kamala Harris is inaugurated as vice president, she'll be the tie-breaking vote. And there will be some things that we'll be able to get done with Democratic control of the Senate, the House, and the White House that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to get done. And it was all because of Georgia. So thank you. Thank you to to the Peach State. Well, thank you for giving us that deep dive into the Georgia Senate runoffs. It's incredibly interesting. I hope you enjoyed your time down in Georgia. I did. It was fantastic. Again, thank you to Yang Gang Atlanta. Thank you to the Ossoff and Warnock campaigns and to everyone that I worked with down there. And to all the voters. Thank you, thank you, thank you for engaging in the greatest part of our democracy. No matter who you voted for, thank you for voting. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right, and we'll sign off there.